Tavis Smiley. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Our phone number 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580, that is. Uh, In this hour, have you ever doubted your expertise, your self-worth, and your ability in life, career, or business? I'm raising my hand because I sure have. You may feel like a fraud, but it's actually called imposter syndrome. And over 70% of professionals have experienced this phenomenon at one point or another. Award-winning business and leadership strategist Christina Joy Whitaker joins us in this hour to help steer you toward higher impact, increased visibility, recognition, and career satisfaction. Before we jump straight into that conversation, some breaking news we mentioned last hour. Uh, Stephen Twitch Boss, um, amazing dancer and longtime DJ on the Ellen DeGeneres show, uh, we are told is dead at the age of 40. We don't have all the details surrounding the tragic death of Twitch, um, but we do know, according to reports, that he uh, was age 40. Uh, his wife has released a statement. A young brother, just 40 years of age, found in a room uh, alone with a gun, single gunshot to the head, so it appears uh, that this is another suicide. And as I said last hour, um, this is tragic for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is that black men are the fastest rising group of people in this country who are deciding to take their own lives. We've talked about it before. And if it turns out that this was, in fact, suicide, we will talk about it again on this program. I promise you something has to be done to arrest this development where so many black men, too many black men, think that the only way out uh, is to take their own lives. And so that's the news we have so far uh, about the tragic death of Stephen Twitch Boss, again, longtime DJ for Ellen DeGeneres' program uh, and a great dancer uh, in his own right who achieved fame starting with So You Think You Can Dance. Uh, What we do know beyond that is that he was a a beloved, uh, clearly high-profile public figure, And as we know, imposter syndrome is not uncommon among high-profile people. In fact, several have cited their struggles with imposter syndrome, including no less than Serena Williams, Michelle Obama, and even my dear friend and uh, uh, godmother Maya Angelou uh, admitted to me and others at times that she often felt like a fraud, once even saying, and I quote, I have written 11 books, but each time I think, "Uh uh-oh, they're going to find out now. I've run a game on everybody, and they're going to find me out close quote. So no less than Maya Angelou, Michelle Obama, Serena Williams, and others at times have felt this uh, notion of what we call imposter syndrome. Let me start um, by asking our guest in this hour, Christina Joy Whitaker. First of all, Christina Joy, good to have you on the program. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. It's a delight to have you on. Thank you for being here. Again, we're waiting. To, we will wait and see in the coming days what, what the true story is here, but based on the evidence we have so far, news out so far, it appears this may have been a suicide. My question to you is, um, to your mind, is there a connection between um, imposter syndrome and sometimes tragic events like what may have been a suicide here in the case of Twitch? I think that's an excellent question. Someone like Twitch, who is so public and so loved by so many, there is sometimes a parallel when people are feeling the symptoms of the imposter syndrome where it feels like the world that you crafted might seem like everything is going well. But internally, there's a silent battle. There's a silent struggle that's happening mm-hmm. because the nature of your life is not matching up to the inner narrative of 
how you are feeling. Mm. So externally, you might have all the trappings of everything that might be enviable. You might have the great job. You might have the great family. You might have things that other people really have strived for. But that doesn't necessarily mean you feel at home in that existence. And a lot of time that inner narrative can be so compelling and so pervasive that it causes things like depression. It causes you to spiral. It causes anxiety. And it turns into something that's a lot deeper, um, dealing with mental health and things that could be catastrophic in nature. And so obviously we don't have all the facts like you mentioned with Twitch. Um, We do send prayers out to his wife, Allison, and his children. However, um, it is important to at least understand when these symptoms are presenting so you can go get the help that you really need to to tackle them. I think it's a beautiful thing that people like Serena and uh, Michelle Obama and others, including my Angelo, God rest her soul, have talked about this Mm -hmm. and others are talking about it in real time, in real life. So the people, everyday people, as Sly Stone might say, everyday people understand this is not just uh, a conundrum. Uh, that uh, that uh, persons face who happen not to be uh, well known. So I'm glad that Serena and uh, Michelle and others are talking about it. Um, but what say you to to those everyday people um, who, who who are wrong about the fact that uh, because you are well known, because you're famous, because you're wealthy, because it seems like everything is going well, it couldn't possibly happen to you. Yeah, I I think that's something that a lot of people really need to realize is that the imposter syndrome is very sneaky. It it almost in some ways can drive you to work incredibly hard to prove yourself. But at the end of the day, it causes so much burnout and fatigue because you're coming from a space of lack. And so for anyone who's unfamiliar with the concept, the imposter syndrome itself, by definition, is a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persists despite evident success. So that's basically saying, you know what, you might have gotten the job that you were working for, you might have gotten that degree, but even though you are operating in the space, in the realm that you worked for, everything inside of you is telling you that you don't belong here, that at any point you are going to be found out as someone who is not capable, who is not adequate, and who is not able to perform at the level or ability that's needed. And it's seen even outside of our careers. It's seen in your life. Maybe you're a parent who's feeling the same way. Maybe you're a community member. It manifests so many different ways. And depending on how it manifests within you, it could actually start spurring you to do things that you might peg as beneficial. So you might start overworking. You might start overproducing. But we all know at some point there's burnout that happens and you hit a wall. So if you're always coming from a space where you're trying to prove yourself or trying to catch up, you can never actually act from a space of authority because you're always trying to just prove your existence or your um, related or your relatability or your power to even exist in a room. Yep. To your point, we send our prayers and best wishes out to uh, Allison uh, Twitch's wife and uh, their family. Um, tragic story, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, for the rest of this hour, we're going to talk about this imposter syndrome. Uh, I ask uh, at the top of this conversation whether or not you've ever doubted your own expertise, your self-worth, and ability in your life, career, or business. And I said I was raising my hand on the live stream uh, as I am right now because I sure have. And when we come forward, I'll tell you some of my own struggles uh, with imposter syndrome. But more important than that, uh, Christina Joy Whitaker is going to help us understand uh, more about what imposter syndrome is and more importantly, what to do about it and help steer you toward higher impact in your life, increased visibility, recognition, 
and career satisfaction. That's what it's all about. We'll continue our conversation with uh, Christina Joy Whitaker when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. Our guest in this hour is award-winning business and leadership strategist Christina Joy Whitaker as we talk about uh, imposter syndrome and what happens when you feel like a fraud uh, no matter what successes you may be having. Over 70% of professionals have experienced this phenomenon at some point uh, in their work and witness. And uh, again, we're delighted to have Christina Joy Whitaker on with us in this hour. Let me start with the confession, Christina Joy Whitaker. I, I have, um, uh, even at the time when I didn't know what to call it, <laughs> I've, I've had these feelings myself. <laughs> I've been very fortunate in a 30-year uh, career of doing this broadcast thing on radio and television, best-selling author, and all the things I've been uh, clearly uh, just blessed and humbled and honored to have achieved. There are these moments in my career that happen all the time where I'm talking to people who, uh, let, me, let me put it this way, I'm punching above my weight class. That is to say, I'm talking routinely to people who are infinitely smarter than I am, <laughs> uh, much more knowledgeable than I am, uh, much more accomplished than I am. And I'm trying to engage in dialogue with them in conversations and trying to keep up, trying to bring the best out of them, trying to make sure that the conversation yields something meaningful and worthwhile for the audience. And it is the case, the audience may be surprised to hear this, it is the case more often than not when I find myself in these conversations, no matter how much I have been regarded for, for my interview style in my career, uh, it is the case more often than not that I'm talking to people and I'm trying to keep up with them and trying not to be exposed to the audience because I know that the guest is much deeper uh, into this subject matter than I am. But I want to just make sure that I don't get humiliated or embarrassed in the conversation <laughs> as I try to bring the best out in the person that I'm talking to. And so I find myself feeling like my friend, Maya Angelou, they're going to find me out. One of these days, they're going to find out I am not as smart as they think I am. I'm not as knowledgeable as they think I am. I'm not as prepared for this conversation as they think I am. I'm holding on for dear life some days in conversations, trying to get the most out of the guests and not expose myself. So there are times that I have felt like a fraud, uh, times I have felt this imposter syndrome that my work and my witness isn't leveling up or raising up to the level uh, to meet uh, the stature and the status of the person, the guest. I may be talking to. So I know a little bit of something about the way this makes people feel, even when I didn't have a name for it. But for those who are just tuning in and have, have, did not hear uh, your earlier, more scientific uh, uh, definition, uh, actual definition of what imposter syndrome is, let's go back to that, start with that definition, and then we'll jump from there. Absolutely. So the imposter syndrome, by definition, is a collection of feelings of fraudulence that persists of despite evident success. So in layman's terms, that basically means you are performing in a particular capacity and you've earned your space to be in a particular role in life. However, even though everything around you is saying that technically, successfully, you've earned your spot there, internally, there's a silent dialogue that's telling you, you don't belong here. You're mm -hmm. not good enough. You, mm -hmm. Somebody's going to find you out. You're not smart enough. So at the, at the end of the day, it really is a question of capability, and it attacks your identity. It really disarms you into a space where you always feel as if the bottom is going to give out. And it's incredibly unnerving for the people who deal with it on a regular basis. And as you quoted, about 70% of people have 
experience the imposter syndrome in some phenomenon. And I would argue that number is even larger for women and even um, professionals of color in environments that also might not be incredibly conducive to their development as well. And so it's really important to understand the symptoms of it and the different tactics that you take on when experiencing it. And that Mm -hmm. could look different for a lot of different people. So like you, you, you mentioned that during your interviews, that you you feel like you're trying to keep up. You're you're feeling like you're trying not to reveal that the other person knows more is, or is more in depth. And a lot of times, it might show up in subject matter expertise like that. Like that, mm-hmm. but also, it comes up when it's hard for you to accept compliments, mm-hmm. or if someone's telling you, you know what, you did a great job, and you kind of dismiss it as saying it. Oh, it's normal. It's natural. It's nothing big. Or you downplay your achievements. Or you even just feel like you're just making things up as you go and you have no rhyme or reason. Mm. And so it can really manifest in so many different ways for people in different arenas. I'm sure my phone's about to blow up right now. (laughs) From from, (laughs) from all my friends and family who are listening, they tell me all the time, Tavis, you do not take compliments well. I hear that all the time. I'm not not even going to look at my phone. Matter of fact, I'm on the live stream. I'm turning it upside down. I don't even want to see it. I'm turning it off. I don't want to hear it buzz because I know my friends right now. That's you. They're saying, that's you, Tavis. I can hear it right now. Um, I guess my question is, uh, two questions. Number one, um, when you mentioned women and people of color um, uh, probably uh, are experiencing imposter syndrome at rates higher than that 70 percent of professionals that i referenced earlier my question is whether or not for women that has anything to do with patriarchy does that make that number even worse for them and for people of color what does that to do with racism and discrimination i think that's an excellent uh differentiation so when we talk about the imposter syndrome and even the theory in general Mm -hmm. a lot of the research was actually tested on white women in the workplace and so even when you think about the initial research, it was done in an environment that was very different from what um, women by and large might experience, and especially professionals of color. Mm-hmm. And so it's good to differentiate what is might, might be a justified response for being in a workplace that is systematically developed to keep you as an other versus being in a place where there is nurturing or there is opportunity for you to to grow and develop in a healthy manner, but you still feel that distinct internal narrative that you're not good enough. So for instance, with professionals of color, I work um, in my my business a lot of times with black women who are looking to go into C-suite roles or to management roles Mm -hmm. or professional women who are looking to advance in some capacity in their career or in life as thought leaders. And what we realize is a lot of times in their environment, when they feel like others, when they feel as if people are not supporting them in their development or they feel as if they are doubting their credibility, sometimes those work environments are set up to make them feel that way. And so when you feel that way in response, that is a justified, true response to feeling like an other because you are told you don't belong. You Mm. are told you are an imposter. Now, it is very different if you happen to be in an environment where they don't do those particular things to you, where they try to um, help and aid in your development, but still you're kind of telling yourself that narrative, I don't belong, this is not the place for me. So it's important to differentiate the two and to acknowledge for yourself what type of situation you're in, because that's going to identify what the next steps need to be. Yep. As you're talking, uh, Christina, it seems to me that women and people of color, certainly black folk, um, <laughs> have been dealing with imposter syndrome 
since the beginning of time. I mean, if you're black in this country, you've always been told, always made to feel like you didn't belong, that you're a fraud, that you're an imposter. That that's the story. That's the story. Of what it means to be black in America for women, same thing. That's why I asked the question about patriarchy, uh, because if you're a woman, you get those. You, you get that's the agenda. That's the narrative, rather, the narrative that uh, you have to try to navigate through all the time. So it seems to me. That it, it well, it's and put it this way. It's fascinating for me that the research was done with white women because that ain't who you should have been talking to. Should have been talking to <laughs> black women and black people. And quite frankly, that's that's the pervasive argument around the the imposter syndrome in general is that the research that was taken was on a very select subset. And so that's why in our discussions, in our conversations right now, we really have to add those caveats and understand that. Yes, there might be an idyllic environment that people might feel uh, symptoms of the imposter syndrome, symptoms of not feeling good enough or able to measure up where the environment is in contra- it contradicts that narrative. Mm-hmm. But realistically speaking, a lot of us have either experienced at one point or are currently experiencing workplaces that were not set up for us. They were not designed for us. And therefore, anything dealing with not feeling as if you belong is com- incredibly compounded because of factors of racism, microaggressions, sexism, however they may mm-hmm. manifest in what you're dealing with. Yep. So help me understand better the genesis, the cause, the uh, if you will, of imposter syndrome. When you're operating at a very high level and you're doing quite well in whatever your chosen uh, uh, career profession is, you know, what, what's what's the genesis of that? What 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 causes this to come on, this notion of imposter syndrome? I think in our society in general, we have a society really based upon achievement. Mm-hmm. And so when we pursue anything, we go for what's going to usually get us the most applause. So many times in our uh, paths of becoming who we are, we don't have time to necessarily pay attention to what ideally you would love to do. Even from young ages, we're, we're put into particular situations where it's like, you're good at math? Oh, go to college for math. Mm-hmm. You're good at reading? Oh, go to, go to college to be an English professor. And so we're directed on these paths, and it isn't until a couple of years down the line that you realize you really haven't had time to investigate what you actually wanted to develop or what you actually wanted to become. And so I think that a lot of times fuels our disconnect with what we are doing because it's always almost like you're playing a role. You're trying to measure up to something and you're not exactly sure what it's going to be. And so you never feel like you've made quote unquote it. You never feel like you actually hit that target because you're always trying to figure out what that target is for you or what it's supposed to look like. And so really it's only until you step back and start investigating the scenario around you and what you've built that you actually have the time to say, am I building a life? Am I building a career that I actually am in alignment with? I can remember in my own story, I was always a high achiever in terms of my development. I started in big four consulting, worked with Fortune 500 companies, and served in some of the most exclusive boardrooms in the room mm-hmm. in, in the country. In, the, in my late 20s, I was one of the highest ranking consultants on my national consulting team. And so I had achieved a lot of the things that I always had on my list very quickly. I had gotten the salary I wanted. I had gotten the um, experience I wanted. I had gotten the clients I wanted. And really, from the outside, it looked as if everything I had crafted was completely enviable, and people would have killed to be in my position. 
But I felt internally as if I had these golden handcuffs, almost as if I could not make a decision that was different, that would tell a that would allow me to tell a narrative different from what I had crafted, because this is kind of what I was supposed to have. I was supposed to have the good job. I was supposed to have the professional lifestyle. I was supposed to aspire to these things. But it wasn't until, quite frankly, it started to physically manifest where in a single year, I remember I was having panic attacks hair was falling out of my head. I gained 60 pounds in a year, all dealing with feelings of not being good enough, not being able to measure up. Even though externally I was getting high marks, I was getting all the rankings, but internally my narrative was killing me. And so it wasn't until I had a chance to break away and identify what is it that's actually going to bring me in alignment with who I'm supposed to be that's going to allow me to stop pretending and stop feeling as if I never belong. Mm. I truly believe it's hard to become who you're meant to be without knowing who you are. And a lot of us have not had that time to really discover who we truly are. Let's talk about who we uh, truly are and how we discover that when we come forward after news, traffic, and sports. Right quick, though, in the 45 seconds I have, how do we classify imposter syndrome? Is it behavioral? Is it mental? Is it scientific? Is it, I mean, how do, how do we classify what this thing is? I think it ranges across a different, a couple of different categories, but for the most part, it's behavioral because yeah. it impacts how you show up. It impacts how you act. Even though it's internally driven, it impacts the way you behave and interact with other people around you. Mm -hmm. All right. So when we come forward after news, traffic, and sports, we'll come right back to this conversation about imposter syndrome and what you do when you're feeling like a fraud uh, with our expert award-winning business and leadership strategist, Christina Joy Whitaker. You're listening to her on KBLA Talk 1580. Say the quiet part out loud. loud. KBLA Talk 1580. Broadcasting live from Lamar Park, USA. USA. Welcome USA. back to your home for unapologetically progressive radio. KBLA Talk 1580. I'm Tavis Smiley. She is Christina Joy Whitaker. She's an award-winning business and leadership strategist. And I'm delighted to have her on in this hour as we talk about uh, uh, the imposter syndrome and what you do when you sort of feel like a fraud and how we get you out of that headspace, that heart space, as it were, and then steer you toward higher impact and increased visibility and recognition and career satisfaction. And Christina Joy Whitaker can help us do all of that, and she will, between now and the top of the hour when we wrap this conversation. It occurred to me, Christina Joy Whitaker, during that uh, break, uh, a couple of things came to mind, um, and I want to. Uh, basically, two different questions, but both about about, about haters, about haterade. And let me <laughs> let me ask you uh, both of these questions and get your take on it, and we'll move forward here. The first question is: is this? Most of us, I'm talking now about black folk. Most of us uh, come from communities where, if in fact we are blessed to do great works, we are celebrated overwhelmingly by the people around us. They celebrate the fact that we have elevated and amplified, uh, and it's a beautiful thing. At the same time, there are folk in the communities from which we come that will remind you that I knew you when you wasn't ish, <laughs> and, you, and, and, and you really ain't all that. Don't let it go to your head. You know the language I'm talking about. Uh, and I'm wondering whether or not for some of us that plays a part uh, in the imposter syndrome, the fraud, the feelings of fraud that we carry with us sometimes. Does that make sense to you? That does, and um, I think that is a dynamic that, obviously comes into play. Whenever you have gone from one circumstance to another, however you've shifted um, in terms of achievement, there is always a reminder of where you came from. Mm -hmm. And it's important to understand how you plan on handling it, right? How you plan on acknowledging the person that you were 
and who you can still continue to be in service to the people around you, but also understanding what's needed to take on or let go of as you continue to go forward and have more significance. Um, at the end of the day, something that I I want to make sure that we understand the difference between there's the imposter syndrome, which is a doubting of your capability, right? That's mm-hmm. a doubting of your skill set. But I also think there's another dynamic that a lot of us experience, especially um, professionals of color, is what I call the imposter syndrome 2.0, mm-hmm. otherwise known as the murky middle. And I think that's a collection of feelings of fraudulence because you know you are supposed to make a bigger impact elsewhere. So it's almost a disconnect of what you're doing right now versus what you feel like your life's purpose is going to be. And that's a call. That's about your calling. So why imposter syndrome is a question of your capability, imposter syndrome 2.0 is a question of your calling or where you are going. And so a lot of those factors, I feel like, are more relevant to what would be imposter syndrome 2.0, where you feel like, you know what, I I feel like I'm supposed to uh, be doing something. I can't necessarily put my finger on it, but I know it's supposed to be significant. I know it's supposed to have a larger mass appeal. And that's when a lot of times people come back and remind you of who you were, what they knew of you. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, people always want a chance to relate to you to some capacity. The question is, are you going to allow it to cripple you in any way, or are you going to acknowledge and be so grateful for the the experience that you received and the, and the lessons that you learned so that it is able to better inform your path forward? Mm, now we're cooking with fish grease. We're cooking with fish grease now because uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is getting good. I'm going to come back to this imposter syndrome 2.0 in just a second. I promise. Put a pin in that. I'm coming right back to that. Okay. Let me ask this second uh, question that I wanted to ask about haters. Uh, the first question we, we covered about people from the community that can sometimes just kind of remind you of what you where you came from, what you didn't used to be. And so. Uh, that can play um, on our minds and, and factor into this imposter syndrome notion. The other the other hater question I want to ask is uh, what I call professional envy. Um, no matter where you no matter where you came from, no matter what you've accomplished, um, there are always folk in your profession, in your profession, okay. who hate on you and make you feel inadequate, make you feel like a fraud, and I think that also opens the door. Uh, to us uh, wrestling with this notion of imposter syndrome. What say you about professional envy? That it happens. (laughs) (laughs) That is real, huh? That is real as rain. Yeah, I got you. It, it really is real. And, and the reason why I say um, acknowledge its existence is because I think, especially when you're experiencing it, it's hard for you to admit that it's happening to you. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like you are pumping your ego up when um, you start looking around and other people might be critical of you, or it may not seem that they're critical, but there's just an off feeling about people around you and you're not exactly sure why. I, I just like to validate anyone's um, trepidation about that. It does happen. It is a very real thing, especially if you are someone who uh, tends to achieve a lot or learn quickly or excel quickly. It does happen. Even if you aren't that type of person, someone is always going to be envious that you did work or you got an opportunity that they did not get. Yep. At the end of the day, and, and, I, and I promise you, I wrote this down myself um, this morning, I wrote the term just basically keep them talking. They're always going to have something to say that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to change your trajectory to acknowledge that. There's something about gratitude and being so thankful about your experience and what made you you 
But you also have to understand that people are waiting on who you're about to step into. People are waiting about who you're supposed to become. And you have to start weighing that narrative. You have to start weighing that vision of who you're supposed to impact greater than what people around you are telling you. Nope. I'm so glad you invoked the word gratitude. I say all the time around here that gratitude, as I see it, is the gateway to greatness. Gratitude mm-hmm. is the gateway to greatness. That's uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Let's get back to imposter syndrome 2.0 uh, because you hit a nerve with me uh, when you raised <laughs> that issue. Because I, I find myself, uh, you know, oftentimes uh, in talks or lectures or speeches or just in private consultation, private dialogue with individuals, uh, talking about uh, this distinction between the job that you have now. Mm-hmm. And finding your true purpose, your calling, mm-hmm. your vocation, those are not the same two things. And I find that so many people who look like you and me go to jobs every day. And we have parents and grandparents who for years to make ends meet and take care of us and provide opportunity for us went to jobs every day. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's not ultimately what you want to do. And I, I, I'm grateful to ancestors who did that um, because they had to. Uh, but in a perfect world, not to be confused with the world that we inhabit, what you're trying to do is to find your purpose, your vocation, and your calling. And that's why your notion of imposter syndrome 2.0 struck me so vividly and so um, so directly, Christina. Absolutely. Um, I think it's something that I realize, especially in my own life, but in working with a lot of my clients and even going in talking to Fortune 500, talking to employees at those particular organizations, especially black and brown employees. And what it seems like is that at some level, a lot of us don't necessarily have the time or the space to doubt your capability. You have to perform. You're, mm-hmm. you're there. There's not necessarily that luxury not to believe that you are capable. However, that does not shield you from feeling fraudulent. And what I noticed is that the root of that fraudulence was just markedly different. It was no longer, I'm not good enough, or I don't belong in this room because I lack some skill or knowledge. It was instead, I don't want to be in this room because I feel like I'm supposed to make a deeper, or I'm supposed to make a deeper connection or a deeper impact elsewhere, doing something else. And so when we think about our purpose, and when we think about our identity, Think of it in a way that's expansive because it always extends beyond you. It's what you can do in your own natural gifting and your own divine ability that's going to help other people reach a goal or to excel. And if you are in a particular position that doesn't allow you to do that, that probably means that it's not necessarily tapping into what you're always going to be doing. But you can always look around and say, like, how can I leverage? What can I do to actually start this process of discovery? I think after a certain point, a lot of us feel as if we're stuck in a particular role, and it's almost like you're stuck in an outdated identity. There's something amiss. It's not fitting anymore, but we don't allow ourselves the luxury to ask the question about what do I need to do next? Mm-hmm. Why do I feel this particular way? We don't give ourselves grace to actually evolve. And so if we actually give ourselves the space to question, the space to make a different decision, the, the space to say or to acknowledge internally or um, with maybe a coach, a mentor, or someone that, hey, I know I've built this wonderful life or this life that I have. I'm not sorry about it. I love what I've built, but I know I'm supposed to be doing something that's even greater. I'm supposed to be uh, doing something that's more significant that may not look like what I've built. How do I make these two connect? 
what do I need to do to start on the path where I'm learning more about my purpose and my true identity? Because purpose is never something. Um, I have a mentor who always says purpose is never something that is lost. It's only something that's discovered, right, mm. or uncovered. Mm. And so what do I need to do to start putting me in alignment with uncovering what it is that's kind of nagging, that nagging pool that's calling me to do more and be more significant? Speaking of a process of discovery, when we come forward with Christina Joy Whitaker, we'll talk about how to help you deal more effectively with um, uh, these feelings of fraud and this notion of imposter syndrome and how it is that you can ensure that misery and doubt never have the last word. We'll talk about how to steer you toward your higher impact, uh, increased visibility, recognition and career satisfaction when we come forward with Christina Joy Whitaker on KBLA Talk 15. Interrogating your assumptions and expanding your inventory of ideas. Let's get back to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. Let's get back to Christina Joy Whitaker on KBLA Talk 1580. We have uh, spent the better part of this hour uh, trying to unpack uh, this notion of uh, imposter syndrome and why some of us who uh, have been blessed to succeed uh, even wildly, uh, like Serena Williams and Michelle Obama and Maya Angelou uh, in her career, um, still have these feelings of, uh, of doubt, these feelings of fraud, these uh, feelings of being an imposter. And uh, Christina Joy Whitaker has been helping us understand what that's all about and, more importantly, what we can do about it. So let's talk about that now in the remaining moments in this hour, about how we steer people in the right direction. So when these feelings come upon us, Christina Joy Whitaker, what do we do about them or with them? Absolutely. I I think the simplest way I can put it, I put it basically in an ABC format. So Mm -hmm. ABC is an acronym with A standing for acknowledge, B standing for build, and C standing for community. And I'll go through what I mean by each of those. By acknowledging, first understand what you're actually dealing with. So as we mentioned earlier in the conversation, there is a difference between imposter syndrome, where you are dealing with those feelings of lack of capability, lack of skill set, as if you are fraudulent because you don't have the right things that it takes to perform in a certain place. There's also a difference from being actually othered in a particular workspace or made to feel either through microaggressions, through racism, through sexism, ageism, what have you, that you are not a part of a community. So that is very different, and that takes a different course of action. So I want to encourage anyone who's dealing with that to go seek help um, through their local communities, through their um, mentor sponsors to deal with those particular aspects. But if you are dealing with the imposter syndrome or the imposter syndrome 2.0 that we mentioned, which is more so a doubting of or a a question of calling rather than capability, acknowledge where you fall on that particular spectrum and accept the fact that you might feel stuck. I think a lot of times in our dialogue, we don't just allow ourselves to understand that it's okay to actually take a beat and take a moment to have a plan that's needed to go forward. So acknowledge that what you have or where you're at in your decision-making might require you to act or decide differently than what you have before. But the point is, what we want to do is make sure that we're operating from a space of clarity as much as possible so we know the steps going forward. After we acknowledge where we are, whether you're dealing with the imposter syndrome and it's uh, traditional format or imposter syndrome 2.0 dealing with your calling next you need to be build a case for yourself so it's 
incredibly important, especially when you're dealing with the imposter syndrome, to have very visible examples of something that contradicts your inner narrative. Your inner critic is telling you you're not worthy, you're not credible enough, you're not capable enough, you don't have the right degrees, you don't have what it takes to do whatever it is you're trying to do. You're not a great mom, you're not a great dad, whatever it is, it's telling you that you are not good enough. So having those physical reminders, whether they are um, calls from family and friends, whether they're emails from your colleagues, whether they're performance reviews, awards, something that reminds you, you know what, I actually do belong here, and this is what says so. Remind yourself through affirmations, through just um, things that you write or that you hear that are great accolades about you, because when you start doubting, you need something to look at that's going to contradict that narrative that's causing you to spiral. You have to cultivate self-compassion and understand that celebration for successes is critical and acknowledge that a lot of us are perfectionists, right? So at some point, you have to let go of perfectionism and allow yourself time to grow and evolve and understand that everyone is in the same perspective. Everyone is in the same boat. No one is perfect. Mm -hmm. Everyone goes Mm -hmm. through the same process. And so give yourself grace to be like everyone else and to give yourself the dignity of a process that allows you to grow into who you're supposed to become. And finally, hold, hold, that, hold, hold, hold that, hold that C for community. Hate to do that. <laughs> there we go. So we've got a acknowledge. We've got to build. We've got C coming up community with Christina Joy Whitaker on KBLA Talk 15. Let's unpack a little bit more with Tavis Smiley. The conversation continues right now. Right now. Right now. We're in the sweet spot talking with uh, Christina Joy Whitaker about what to do about these feelings of fraud and this uh, notion of imposter syndrome. She gave it to us, is giving it to us uh, in the form of ABC. A is to acknowledge. She broke that down beautifully. B is to build. And she uh, laid that out for us. And C, Christina Joy Whitaker, is for a community. Take it away. Absolutely. C is for community. And the reason why I say that is because when you're dealing with imposter syndrome as well as imposter syndrome 2.0, a lot of times we feel as if we are alone in our journey and we're the only ones struggling with it. It's an incredibly isolating feeling because it's almost a shame when you admit, you know what, I don't feel like I belong here. I don't feel like I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't feel like I belong in this particular space right now. So understanding that within your community, obviously using your discernment, there are people who are waiting to hear from you. There are people who are waiting to help you in this particular journey of discovery. And sometimes it takes a little bit of vulnerability to say, can you, it might even be, can you tell me what I'm good at? Mm. Hear from their ears what you're wonderful at, because a lot of times other people know how to leverage your skills more than you do, right? Mm. And so get survey your people around you and ask them, What is it that I'm good at? What is it that I'm natural at? What is it that you always need me for? And start building a narrative that shows your natural gifting because so many times we get into autopilot where we're really good at things and we don't even realize that about what's happening or the impact that we're truly happening. I know it's happened in my life. I know it happens in the lives of my clients. Even in the work that I do right now, I was doing this particular work during doing a full job in corporate America during lunch breaks and after work. And I didn't know it was something special. I had no clue Mm. until someone told me, Hey, people need to hear that. And so you really don't always know, even though it's right under your, 
your nose. So activating your community is going to be incredibly helpful. And if you are the type of person who's looking for other opportunities or looking to expand your significance, that's the only way that you're going to be able to have the impact that you truly crave to have and be able to walk in alignment with who you were truly meant to be in that capacity. Let me close by saying your mama name gave you the right name, Christina Joy Whitaker. Ah. <laughs> you got the right name, Christina Joy Whitaker. Um, she is an award-winning business and leadership strategist. Uh, this conversation has been so rich, so delightful, so meaningful. And uh, let me close by asking for those who want to get more of your stuff, how do, they, how do people find you? How do they follow you? You can find me. At my website, you can go to my website, www.ChristinaJoyWhitaker, that's Whitaker with two T's, dot com. You can also find me on the Instagram. I'm at Christina Joy Whitaker on most socials. So if you look me up there, you can find me there. And my favorite platform, LinkedIn, go ahead and shoot me a message and say that you saw me or you heard me on this particular segment. Well, I'm glad I found you. I'm glad we found you. And I've enjoyed this conversation immensely. Her name, once again, is Christina Joy Whitaker. And uh, thank you once again, Christina, for this conversation. All the best to you. Happy holidays. Thanks for your time. Thank you. I so appreciated the invitation. It was great. We enjoyed it. Thank you. That's our show for today. Time now to make room for the KBLA Midday Money Chain. Up next, the Millionaire's Roundtable with Lynn Richardson to be followed by Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts. Old money, new money, it don't matter. We got you covered here on KBLA Talk 1580. We're back tomorrow morning, Lord willing to do it all over again, 9 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific time. Until then, thanks for tuning in. Have a great rest of the day. And as always, keep the faith.